Welcome everybody to Mind Your Biz. And we have Carlo Parsons in the building and we're getting ready to mind his biz. How you doing, Carlo? I'm doing well, Evan. Thanks for having me on your show. Really excited to chat with you today. Thanks for coming through, Carlo. Tell everybody what you're up to, what you're about. Just introduce yourself. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm a big dork, so I call myself a coach coach because that's what I do. I coach other coaches. And my specialty really is in strategic mindset and strategic audience building. So my background has been in tech for the last decade and a half, helping build operations for CEOs and founders. And then I decided to do this huge pivot, right, to just work with coaches and apply what I learned in the tech sector into building coaching practices and consulting practices. And I find that when I was going through my coach training, that a lot of people didn't have this foundation. They have all this knowledge about how to coach, but zero knowledge about how to build their business. And so it became an interest for me over the last couple of years to try and help out these folks. And then I realized like there is a huge demand for this. Like people are hungry for this type of information. And I find that what a lot of what I do is really helping people unlearn what they've learned on TV and in school about how to market and how to make connections. Because a lot of the assumption out there is that marketing is what gets you clients. And when it comes to coaching, people hire you out of trust. It's a really emotional purchase and you can't just use marketing and sell them something. Like it has to be, a, they have to feel like they're buying into a partnership. And so long story short, that's where the strategic mindset comes from. The strategic unlearning of bad habits around marketing and the fear of even doing marketing if you're heart-centered. And I put myself alongside my clients to help them see what their choices actually are and what they already have to leverage, right? Lowest hanging fruit. And I'm building that. I've started build, really building that last year. And it's become really validating actually, like to find that I have two cohorts per month that I run and I teach them the unmarketing way to win coaching clients. And in terms of the future, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to do writing. I'm starting to do a bit more, a few more, uh, speaking engagements, particularly like going into podcasts and just spreading the news. It sounds like you're taking a more opposite approach, which is actually really cool because it, I feel like most of the coaches today are more transactional, more business, uh, more robotic, you know, step by step. And it seems like you're you're taking more of a like an emotional approach. You're really connecting with the client and giving them that mental support which really comes before the business. So I can, I can really appreciate that. I think that's really necessary right now in the coaching world. Thank you. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of funnel work out there and funnels are important. But I think a lot of coaches are being taught that they have to build a funnel in order to have a successful business. And part of that is true once you have a validated product or service out there. But as you're building credibility, as you're building trust, it's really important to be high touch in your ideal client's journey. And a lot of people aren't doing that when they're starting out and they end up closing their business or pivoting within like three months of starting it out because they can't find their people, right? They're casting such a wide net. They're so afraid to niche down. They don't even understand niche, target market, an ideal client. And yeah, it just... Um, 
it's just painful to watch sometimes. And so what I try to get the people that I serve, what I try to get them to do is like, it's quantity over quality. You know, your mission is not the sale. Your mission is to find the people you're meant to serve, like the people who will fight other people tooth and nail to tell them that they are wrong about you. That's the kind of mission that you take on for these low volume, high touch cohorts that you want to achieve as a coach, whether you want to teach one-on-one or you want to teach in groups. That has to exist before you can do any type of funneling and upselling and all of that crazy stuff. In other words, save the funnel cakes for later, people. You got to have your appetizer. You got to have your entree. All right. The funnel cakes come later. And that's what uh, Carlos seems like he's doing. Exactly. Exactly. Funnel cake for later, man, because it is going to be delicious when you get to the funnel cake, but you got to have a foundation, a foundation of trust. So what would you say is the biggest mistake coaches are making today? Um, I feel like uh, a lot of business owners are almost lost out there and and they really don't know how to calibrate um, picking out a coach. So, you know, I'm just curious what mistakes coaches are making and, and maybe how can business owners better, you know, make a better selection for a coach? Yeah, it, there is such a saturation within the coaching world right now. And I understand that there's like a bit of a movement against it because you have people who are not trained. The industry is unregulated and there's a good number of coaches out there who, who they set a bad impression for the coaching world. Uh, They try to prescribe instead of surface choices, which is like one big, by the way, if you're looking for a coach and they start giving you advice, that is a bad signal. That is not a coach. The coach's job is to surface the choices you already have and make sure that you're thinking through what's available to you before you go anywhere prescriptive, if you even get to any type of, of prescription or suggestion or advice. The coach does not equal advice. A coach is your thinking partners, your brainstorm partner and your growth partner. So that said, I believe from what I've seen, the biggest mistake actually is particularly with the new coaches, but this is also true for coaches who are already existing and have had a business for years, but are unable to scale is that they throw a lot of their academics to feel worthy to be compared to regulated industries like therapists, right? And, And people with doctorates. And that is a big mistake. We coaches ethically should not be replacing people in clinical roles. Our role is to bring our context with our content. And you'll see a lot of coaches out there who will just pile on academics over academics, like what I know, what I can do, but they don't tell you their journey. And when people hire a coach, what they're really looking for is somebody who may have walked their path, who understand where they are and understand the nuances of their journey so that the coach can come in and really understand and ask the right questions to surface the choices that I was talking about. And so big mistake for coaches, if you're starting out and if you think that you can impress people by throwing in a giant syllabus, like a a one-year syllabus, you are making a big mistake. You got to balance your content with context. People got to know where you're coming from and why this mission is important to you. So tell us what's the, I don't know, the the top few things that uh, business owners should be looking for in a coach when they're making their selection process? There's two big things because again, the coaching world is unregulated. So there are certifying bodies out there that have value 
a lot of good coaches are actually not certified through those certifying bodies. However, if you are a company looking to hire legally, it matters for you to pursue someone who's gone through a certification process. And it may be in the form of training through a school that is accredited by a, a giant sort of, you know, a bigger certifying body like ICF, the International Coach Federation, or uh, somebody who is directly certified by that body, by like ICF or another institution, because it matters for you, obviously, legally to make sure that you made sure that these people have the training and the foundation. So that's one. The second thing that's very important for companies to consider is the clarity from which the coach has a platform. You have to know what a coach specifically offers. You have to look at their single biggest outcome that they have to offer their clients. It can't be more than actually three. One is better than three, to be honest. You can't have a coach that specializes in like 10 things because they tend to be, they're a little bit more saturated in, in their style. I'm not trying to blast coaches who have other specialties, but you'll see like coaches will have multiple certifications, but they're very clear about what they do. And that's really important for you as somebody who's trying to hire a coach for a company, right? The third thing is that you got to look at their audience. You got to see that their audience is actually aligned with the result that they're trying to give. You look at how people talk to them. You try to look up reviews. You try to get them to give you referrals to their clients so you can have a conversation about what outcomes they come up with. Now, normally companies will have mindset coaches, career coaches, but basically people who help others think through challenges. Anything beyond that needs to be clinical. So if you have depression or anxiety, that needs to be like, you need to go somewhere where you have a clinical license, right? Somebody who has a clinical license to be able to do that. But for goal setting and goal achievement, that is like a wonderful spot for a coach. And the more clear the coach is in their marketing, the more likely you'll have a great experience for your employees, which is, it's a different journey in terms of looking for somebody if you're just an individual trying to hire a coach, depending on your needs. So I, I want to make that distinction as well. So just to sum it up, it sounds like um, we should always make sure that the coach has some kind of certification, right? And also make sure the coach aligns with the business you're doing, right? Make sure they don't, you know, cover 10 different kinds of businesses. Then they seem a little bit too scattered. So it sounds like you're saying make sure that the coach really aligns to your business and, and, and to your goals, um, not just provide you with some templated protocol that they probably give to every client, right? Yeah, uh, you got to find a coach who's on a mission. That's really like the big signifier of like, yeah, that's somebody worth having a conversation with, not somebody who's just turning out like, funnel upon funnel. If you, if you click on their website, it's already like a call to action to do something. And then you go in and it's like, no, find somebody who is on a mission and is willing to talk to you, talk your head off about their mission. That, somebody, that is somebody you want to bring into a community to help the people in your community. So let's talk about the big misconception, the big question. Do I need a coach or a business consultant? Can you clear that up, Carlo? Because we're all a little bit confused. It really depends on who you ask, but I'm going to tell you the difference. The difference is specifically consultants will come in, make recommendations, make prescriptions in terms of what needs to happen, right? They'll do an audit and then they'll prescribe things and say like, do this, not that. Coaches go in 
will prescribe if it's a business setting, they will prescribe later on. But for the most part, they actually try to understand you as if you're hiring someone for you as a leader, they're going to try and understand where you're at, what's important to you. And they're going to try and make sure they understand your business. So they become more of your partner rather than somebody coming in as an auditor and a prescriber, if that makes sense. There's a lot more of a mindset thing that happens with business coaching that doesn't happen in the consultative end. That said, my bigger suggestion is for your listeners to understand what outcomes they need because consultant and coach, they get thrown a lot around a lot. As a coach, I, I consult. I come from a consultancy background. And so I eventually will have some suggestions and even some directives to say, this is how you do it. Once I agree with my client that that's the road they want to take, I never tell a client to say, do this now. It's more like, here are your choices. Which route do you want to go? Then we'll follow that. Here's some information I have so that the road is easier for you, right? But that said, don't shop for the title. Shop for the outcome that you want and have a conversation about that person, about that provider, about the outcome that you want, and how intelligently they can speak about those outcomes, and who in their community can speak about their genius. That's really how you find the right person for your company. Don't worry about the title so much. It can be very confusing. You can spend so much time trying to figure that out. So it seems to me you got to get the coach first, right? Because you got to set up a foundation mentally and emotionally in your business. I feel like a business consultant is really, you know, looking at your business and assessing and analyzing. And I feel like most new business owners don't have a whole lot of business to assess. So it only makes sense uh, to have a coach first and then go for the business consultant if necessary, right? So coaching, is the coaching really the, the chicken before the egg? If you're speaking about somebody who's starting out in their business, it makes sense to get that type of partnership first. But it really, again, goes to goes back to the outcome. The more important piece to understand uh, with regard to that journey is that most business problems at any point of your journey, whether you're experienced or just starting out, 90, I would say 90 to 95% of business problems are personal problems. If you cannot go past your issues, whether it's marketing or selling or hiring or even putting a program out there, if you can't get over those issues, it will always like continue to come back and haunt you. If you can't get past those, you really can't strategize and follow through with your plans. You can, you can hire a consultant to build you a quarterly plan every quarter, and then you're going to sit there and not do anything with that plan. It's just going to sit there and collect dust. And then you're going to blame your consultant that nothing happened, but it was actually you. You were the bottleneck. You were the holdup because you had these issues that you didn't even surface. And that's really big for uh, smaller businesses and solo providers where they just get in the way of a lot, a lot of things because they tend to have started doing everything. So essentially you're saying you got to clean up that mental baggage, right? Because I feel like a business is really an extension of us, right? So if we're all messed up, mixed up, missing a few marbles, then so is our business, right? You're going to laugh, but the number of people have come up to me and asked me, like, I keep attracting the wrong people to my business. Like I'm selling, but I'm so miserable in my business. Like I hate my customers. And I'm like, 
Well, yeah. let's see how you're showing up in your marketing. Let's see who you're actually attracting with how you speak, how you present the information, like who, who, who latches on to the stuff that you put out there. And let's connect that to your issues, your fears, your motivations, right? And sure enough, there's something about their background that like in the past, they've attracted the same people. They keep attracting the same people because they haven't made that shift. So no matter whether or not they're making money in their business becomes irrelevant because they're miserable and they just want to close the business or sell it because they don't want to do it anymore. But they started out feeling like this is the thing that they wanted to do forever. And it could be with the right people, right? So that's like one big thing that keeps coming up for people. Uh, if that's something that you have, like for your listeners, like that's a signal for you to try and work some of those uh, issues out, right? Those, those goal attainment issues out. Now, a proper coach will have a conversation with you. Here's the distinction now. A proper coach will have a conversation with you. And when they identify that there's an underlying clinical issue, they're going to stop and they're going to make a recommendation for you to work with someone who has a clinical background. If it's real anxiety, if there's depression there, uh, if there's deeper trauma there that needs to be clinically managed, a very ethical and trained coach, an experienced coach will go this way and say, let's hold up. Let's take a pause. Here's some recommendations for you. Here's the questions you ask to find the right clinician to help you. When we get that resolved, come back, come back, and then we'll continue the journey. So that's another way to kind of notice, like when you ask coaches, like ask them a question of like, what if you realize I'm depressed? If they say, well, I can help you with that. Stay far, far away from that coach. That's a, that's a bad signal. That's a, that's a red flag because Clinicians are there to help you be functional. The coaches then come in to help you be optimal. You got to look for that person. Okay, so here's the next biggie. The moolah. How much should we be spending on a coach? You see uh, the prices are all over the place. You got a guy for 150. You got this lady for 1500. Do we go for the cheap one? Uh, because you're entering at a, a lower cost. So do you go for the expensive one? Maybe they know more because they're charging more. Come on, Carlo, clear this up, please. That's a really good question and a very important one. People who are shopping, who are looking to hire a coach, have to look at the person and not the curriculum that's being offered, like the service that you see on a shiny web page. Look at the person. If your challenge is clearly for you, if you have clarity that your challenge is mindset, based, it's important for you to pick the right person, not the program. So that's the first thing. If you're clear that it's like literally a systems thing, like I don't know how to build dot, dot, dot. If that's the question in your head, there are coach consultants out there similar to me or people who are just purely consultants that, that you can find. And for those, the rate is tends to be standard. They tend to be uh, the ones that are done with you meaning you have a module to learn online and then you have somebody that performs as a, as a partner and a guide and a mentor, right? You have office hours with that person on a regular basis. Try to go for somebody who offers weekly instead of twice a month so that you, you're constantly talking to that person as you're implementing. Those tend to be, uh, the better ones tend to be high ticket. They start at three grand and up. Those are really good. If again, you have a system-based problem but you're not quite sure how to, to deploy. If you already got like, you know what's going on and it's like performance anxiety, right? If you're trying to be a speaker or a coach yourself and you're just afraid of certain things and you need a coach, that's where it gets tricky because you kind of really have to do your research and look at 
exactly what specific the specific coach has to offer in terms of outcome and how that aligns with your outcome. Now, I know that's not a satisfying answer about pricing. So let me give you this. The pricing thing matters when you think about the money you'll eventually lose by not making the change in your business, the money you're already losing because you're going through the problem in your business, right? Look at that within, uh, say, whatever an acceptable time period, whether it's, I would say, from 18 months to five years. Look at how much you're missing every month you're losing in terms of opportunity costs and the, those costs that, the, or the, the income that you lose, the revenue that you lose, right, over that period of time. It should be at least 10% of that you should invest in a coach of that total. Okay, so now we have a great idea on how much we should be spending, but how long do we enter this new marriage, this new relationship? Do we do it for a couple of weeks? Do we do it for a few months, a year? Um, so how do we really calibrate the length of time that we commit to this coach? If you've never worked with a coach before and you don't know quite what you're looking for, starting out with a coach obviously will give you some idea and validation over what you need to work on, right? So I'm going to start from there. Find a coach that has a short-term offering. I would say six weeks, six to eight weeks is a good starting point because in six to eight weeks, you pay for that package. You can decide whether or not to continue and buy into more. Don't jump into like a year and then like not even use it because you're sick and tired of, of the person that who you hired because they're not giving you results, right? So that's really important if you don't know what you're looking for. If you know what you're looking for and there's a really good monetary incentive to invest in that coach, invest in that coach because coaches change their offerings quite often, particularly during the pandemic to try and accommodate the changes in the market. And so you want to avail of the best value for your investment if you know what you're looking for and if you know the coach. So best advice or suggestion I can give, the best option I can give, I hate the word advice uh, because that's like, so just ethically not a thing that we do. But uh, the best suggestion I can make really is start, start short. Find somebody who has a short offering, understand your needs. It will surface. The things that you thought were your problems, when you work with the right coach, or even if you work with a bad coach, you'll realize it. You'll realize like, oh, I thought this was the problem. No, 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 no. There's something else. And then you start looking for other coaches if that coach doesn't work out. But you've only committed to a, a short period of time. And do the same math with the investment right? Relative to the time. So if you say every month you're bleeding, uh, say 10 grand a month, you're just losing. And then in opportunity costs, you're losing another 15 grand because you're not able to get that type of customer base. If you do an 18 month, like math on that, 10% of that is like, that's what you should invest. It's not to say that's all you should, you spend all of that money, but that's ballpark acceptable because your goal is to find someone who can get you to that money, who can get you to recoup that money quite quickly or get you to stop losing those opportunity costs. So that all makes sense. Essentially, you got to invest in yourself before you invest in your business. You know, you got to try someone out, make sure you're comfortable and then just jump with, with both feet in essentially. Right. And sometimes you really, you just got to shut up and listen. You should be listening to somebody smarter than you always. Don't ever be the smartest guy in the room, smartest lady in the room. 
you always must be hiring as a business owner, as a CEO of your company, as a leader, you have to be hiring people better than you to do specific tasks for you. Otherwise, you're not growing, you're not investing, you're not investing in the right person. And with regard to having a coach, I have a coach. I am a business mindset coach that has a business coach and a mindset coach. I have actually two uh, that I invest in because I believe in coaching. Like I cannot sell you coaching if I don't believe in it, right? (laughs) If I'm not getting coached myself. So I drink my own Kool-Aid and I have definitely benefited from having that. Like I come from the tech sector where I was doing good, jumping in full time, to just working for myself as a coach with a completely different audience than my tech audience was really scary. Having a coach allowed me to surpass my highest income working for a startup as an operations leader. So it matters to find people who are better than you to walk you through. Or think about it this way. If it really hurts your ego to think of it that way, think of someone who's three hours ahead of you. Three hours in quotes, right? I'm air quoting, which I hate doing, but just think of someone who's three hours ahead of you so they can they, they can tell you your blind spots. They can tell you what to watch out for and they can give you information that's in front of them that's not yet in front of you. So Carlo, tell everybody how they can find you, how coaches can find you to learn how to be better coaches. Absolutely. Thanks for the opportunity, Evan. Yes. So if you visit www.carloparsons.com, you'll get to see the programs that I offer and a little bit of why I do what I do. I mentioned earlier being three hours ahead. I want to be that person. I want to serve the people who I'm three hours ahead of at the very least, because I know what it's like to feel alone and trying to build your business or to try to switch audiences uh, or reinvent yourself from one career to the next. I've been there and I understand. And that's part of the reason why I've become a member of the Book Yourself Solid Advisory Board is because there's a lot of people in that community who have gone through what you are going through and I, what I went through. And there is a book, there's a link there for a a book that I had just published. It is a short read for those of you who don't like to scroll through so much text. It's called the Book Yourself Solid Cheat Sheet for Coaches. Uh, It is written for coaches, but I got to tell you, if you are a solo entrepreneur or somebody who just serves people to help them be better at what they do or what they're going through, that is a good book because it is about building trust with the people that you're meant to serve, knowing like a, a framework to understand who you serve and what you do, building comfort around talking about what you do. And so if you are particularly uncomfortable with marketing or selling or it grosses you out, there is a better way to do it. And it starts with trust. And so if you are interested in that, Evan, I'll share a link with you for a free download of that because the book is indeed for sale on my website, but I can hook your listeners up with, uh, with a free download of it. Wow. We love free here, Carlos. So we appreciate that. Uh, Everybody take advantage of that. I mean, Carlo gave us just a great deal of knowledge. And I hope, you know, we all learned something today. And he put us on the right track. If we are looking for a coach, uh, he gave us essentially, you know, the list of how to how to pick a coach, right? Uh, How to pick the right one. Um, So, you know, everybody, if you're looking for a coach, if you're a coach already and want to be a better coach, then 
you know, look up Carlo. I mean, he's the man. I feel like I want to tell him all my problems right now, business and personal. Dude, that's so funny. I was always that kid, by the way. Like, I, I'm built like a hobbit, so I could have easily been the kid who was, uh, you know, beaten up and stuffed in lockers. But no, like, all the kids just came up to me with their problems and opened up and the popular kids. And yeah, like, they became my friends. So that's funny that you mentioned that. But I, I am that person that somehow people just open up to. <laughs> well, I feel like we all need a coach in our life. So we appreciate you coming through, Carlo, and letting us mind your biz.